This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Hello and welcome to the 255th episode of News Laundry Hafta. I'm Abhinandan Sekri telling you ki angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to another episode which we have continuously given you for 255 weeks without missing a single week or batao. I mean how amazing is that? That's some track record. So, today on the hafta we have by and large the panel discussing just the citizen amendment act which was a bill but is now an act but it still has been notified interestingly it has been no it hasn't ha of course the no, president not notified it no no but no the president not even it, it, but it has been notified oh okay the notification happens mm-hmm. once the home minister now it is active it is still oh, not law it. okay yeah, yeah so the notification has not hmm. happened so um today we have on our panel uh, first i'll give you the in house ghar ki murgis which is raman kripal managing editor uh, meraj lone our executive editor and meghnath hi our social media editor and in charge of many other interesting exciting things as a guest we have today betwa sharma welcome betwa hi thanks for having me our pleasure you are always our first and only choice <laughs> liars <laughs> <laughs> betwa is a political editor at half post india She is reported for the New York Times, the Guardian, Time Magazine, Foreign Policy, the New Republic, Christian Science Monitor, the Daily Beast, and the Columbia Journal Review. What you did one month each in this? Uh, well, freelancing. I see. You have a problem reporting for an Indian publication because each of these is a foreign publication. आपको हम देशियों से कोई परहेज है क्या बेटवा? I'm sorry, I had to write that bio uh, like within 30 seconds in the morning today, hmm. so this is what popped into my head. No, but what I'm saying is, but have you worked for? Because right now also you have for India, okay? Oh, it's registered yes, here, yes, but yes. you've so not I worked was, with any Indian organization. No, I have with PTI, Press Trust of India. Oh, um, I see. I was there, New York UN correspondent for hmm. about two years after. So I went to Columbia University, the journalism school there, right. and uh, after that I worked as the UN P- uh, New York correspondent for PTI. I see. Okay. So when you worked overseas, you worked for an Indian organization, and in India you only reported for. Overseas. Yeah, because when I came back, I got uh, straight into uh, freelancing. Hmm. So I was just very restless in New York, uh, you know, because just I had missed the big corruption, anti-corruption it, movement. Oh, you so, did? Okay. Yeah, I was. I didn't. I was in the thick of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was in New York feeling um, pretty J. Um, so yeah, I knew that I had to come back. So when I came back, uh, I just started freelancing, and it happened to be mostly with India Inc., um, which was the NYT blog at that time. I see. We'll talk about it and talk about Citizen Amendment Act. But uh, you have reported from Sudan, Guantanamo Bay, Haiti, Morocco, Egypt, and Afghanistan. Sharma is a New York United Nations correspondent for the Press Trust of India. So, Beatrice, since you have reported in Guantanamo Bay, I read a really lame but very funny joke the other day on Twitter. So, if you had a boyfriend at the time you reported, you could have said, "I'm your Guantanamo Bay." Get it? Yes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> but, but oh my god, that's uh, yeah, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I try. So, um Did you make it up or No, no I no, I stole it. it from Twitter. Okay. I'm a thief. I didn't get that at all. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You didn't miss much. B A E. Bay. You don't know what bay is? No. That's not an generation thing. Bay is these days children call their boyfriend girlfriend bay. Like Beyonce's Puff Diddy's bay. Not Puff Diddy. Something. His name is something else. <laughs> I don't know what his name is, but there's another guy who's her bae. Is that an abbreviation for something or before everything else? Ah, oh, is that before, right? Before all else. Yeah. Oh, I see. 
or something so of that sort. But it we'll, is. We'll ease into serious matters like the Citizen mm-hmm. Amendment Act. You need to okay. knock it out if it comes <laughs> in the copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was a hectic week as far as news is concerned, especially live news. It started off with violence on Sunday night at Jamia Millia Islamia University and outside, and at Aligarh Muslim University. It snowballed into violent clashes in Simapuri or Silampuri in Delhi. Silampur. Silampuri. And there was the two places, Silampuri and one more place, right, in Delhi? It's called Silampur. Silampur. And there was uh, there were two violent incidents. In one of those where police was beaten up, in another place where there was just stone pelting. Uh, I forget, it was on the live coverage in the morning. Then there was Aaj Tak Agenda. They have this show where Amit Shah gave an interview and he said... Uh, in his lovely, wonderful, very soft and reassuring way. So I just thought maybe everyone watched that interview and said, okay, fuck it, let's just come out on the streets. <laughs> so yesterday, there were protests all over the country. The Citizen Amendment Act was opposed. On Twitter, a handful of people said, India for Citizen Amendment Act. Um, so we shall discuss that in some detail. But there were clashes in AMU and there were 21 arrested. There were arrests made from Jamia Millia Islamia University. In the court, and these are all related occurrences, in the court there was a plea saying that there should be judicial judicial probe on how the cops behaved at Jamia. The Delhi High Court said the next hearing is in February, but they neither cancelled or stayed the arrests, nor have they given any assurance of a judicial probe. This led to I think this is probably history, the first. In court, the audience chanted shame, shame. Shame, shame. And also some of the younger lawyers, I think, were in tears. and They started crying. Yeah, yeah, they started yeah crying. both to tears. So that happened. Then in Assam, um, internet apparently today has been reinstated on a court order. Yesterday from 5 p.m. So there have been internet shutdowns in cities across the country. Delhi for the first time. Yeah. And even Ghaziabad. Mm. So all those Ghaziabad goons can't order hits now on WhatsApp. They'll have to make calls. Yeah. Abhinan, you should tell them the date and the time of, of when we're recording this. We are reco- Yeah, because it may have been reinstated. Exactly. <laughs> so, so today is uh, Friday, uh, the 20th of December, five days from Christmas. And it's 12 o'clock right now. Yeah. So if anything happens after this and we don't discuss it, don't like hate us for it. Then um, several Delhi University students have boycotted exams and held protests. So Delhi University, they'll do anything to boycott exams, that that I can tell you. The India-Japan-Guwahati summit has been cancelled. And also the visit from Bangladesh uh, that has been either postponed or suspended. Or, so there or, is some confusion of dates apparently there. Yes. So. Then uh, the Shahi Imam weighs in saying of Jama Masjid, Delhi saying the CIA has nothing to do with Muslims living in India. He as usual maintains his credibility like before every elections as he lotos Shravatali ka Benga from here to there <laughs> for the last 25 years. But I cannot understand how he still has such control over the Jama Masjid. Well, he doesn't. But he is the Imam of the Jama no, Masjid. Jama Masjid, because yes, it's but like he doesn't hereditary. have control over Muslims. So, because it's hereditary. Yeah. I know he has no political ah, capital, no but he problem. keeps pillowing and something. Isn't he like a figurehead? They have turned it into like a family ah, institution business. kind of a thing, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we will talk about various aspects of the Citizen Amendment Act and it's the protests around it all over the country. Pakistan's... Uh, the, this is with the High Court of what, Lahore? Uh, what special Court in Islamabad. Oh, the Special Court in Islamabad that says Parvez Masharraf should be given the death penalty. They have said he should be hanged for treason. And they said in case he dies before that, then his body should be dragged and hanged from either a roundabout or a 
they have given options hmm. for three days. Hmm. So the courts in Pakistan are like Jaya Bachchan. I think should be the next Chief Justice. <laughs> she was also one lynching. Sorry, Beta, yeah. you want to say something? Yeah, I was saying, but I was reading somewhere um, that it doesn't have to be implemented or it won't be enforced. But he's not in the he's country, in the so country. so there's no way to. No, unless the Dubai says. I mean, a unless Dubai says go back, which they won't, considering even the most hardened of criminals make it to Dubai and back. Uh, secondly, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see him like getting well before that because he's being treated for cancer. Yeah, right? struggling. He's struggling, so I, I really don't see what, what could happen. But and the fact that's that why the comment about if he dies before. Yeah, that's yeah. why the comment. But, uh, but the fact that the, the a, a judge can make such in writing ruling is like says Jaya Bachchan to go there <laughs> and I think the the park government is calling him lunatic mm. and they want his removal but yeah the, they have said he's mm, mentally unfit, unfit to be here uh, the government has said who is the judge who judge. said this clearly yeah uh, but then again we had a judge also na, in the high court in Jaipur right who said that peacocks don't populate <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was after he had retired thankfully no but so, that's harmless I mean this is this yeah, that's is harmless true. and we didn't pay any attention when he was in in the job that's true um, but the Pakistan army has not taken kindly to this they have commented and said that he has served the country and he doesn't deserve this kind of thing I mean though it's interesting because I mean I don't know whether the army can like fuck around with the courts and the no Pakistan. because they don't want to set a precedent <laughs> yeah they might want to do something like this like that, right? it's problematic yeah, yeah sure then the personal data protection bill 2019 will give unrestrained power to central government and may undermine privacy, say several commentators, and we shall have Meghnath shed some more light on it. And in fact, the day we were recording, Hafta, last week, that day, I think the Unnao rape verdict happened. No, it wasn't Monday, was it? The Monday, it Monday? wasn't Monday, yeah. Uh, so Mr. Kuldeep Singh Sengar has been held guilty of kidnapping and raping a minor. I haven't read any news saying that way he's challenged it or what the next steps are, but... Finally, he was kicked out of the BJP, but for the longest time, he was protected. And in fact, the court came down very heavily on the CBI and how they handled this case. Donald Trump impeachment happens. He is impeached. Now he will face trial in the US Senate. It's just exciting because of all the dialogue bias that will happen. But if you believe American commentators, nothing will come of it. That's the menu of what we have today. Before I ask Betwa to tell us what she made of the coverage around the Citizen Amendment Act... And now that she's here for this revolution, she wasn't there for Jan Lokpal one. Uh, does she feel better about herself? But before that, do pay to keep news free. Because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers served. News Laundry is an ad-free news platform. We depend on you to survive. And this week, we've had reporters traveling a lot. So the, the transport bills and the flight bills are quite high. So it'd be great if some of you can go to newsline.com, click on subscribe and pay to keep news free. So Vetra, where were you when this, this whole thing happened? And what do you make of it? The so coverage? One of the things that I noticed was that I went to the protest just before the bill was passed. Uh, this was in Jantar Mantar. It was relatively small. That's last week. No, last, last week. Last, last, right. Yeah. So before it was passed. And so... There were already uh, protests going on in the Northeast in Assam, right? But they were of a very different nature what started happening in the rest of the country. So that aside, the kind of protests that we're seeing now, it was very small just before the uh, passage. And I, and I was sit standing in Jantar Mantar and I'm thinking, you know, 
बिल तो कल पास होने वाला है है इट वॉज़ लाइक मंडे एंड इज लाइक वाई हेज इन दिस ऑलरेडी बीन हैपनिंग सो वन ऑफ दर्नलिस्ट गोलिस्ट सो या सो आई वॉज स्टैंडिंग दैट वंडरिंग एंड आई इवन आस्ट पीपल दिस यू नो दैट आप लोगों ने पहले क्यों नहीं किया राइट लाइक इफ इफ यू हैड एक्चुअली बिल्ट अप दैट मोमेंटम मे बी द बिल वॉज इन going to get passed in the first place because you kind of see now the government not really on the back foot but some kind of bizarre remarks which sort of express like regret maybe or the fact that they haven't thought this through coming so public pressure can do that but i was just wondering why all of this was so i was standing and asking people what answer did you get although i have an answer but i'd like to know what you got okay so what they said uh, so when i asked the organizer at that at that time he said that you know we really we really are mobilizing like he just said that you know it's he didn't say it was late he he just said that it was great to see so many people there and there were actually very few the other thing was that um it built up so they went so the last one that i went to the week after the small one it had grown considerably right the bill was passed and it was building and then there was the one yesterday but yeah so a the timing thing what did he say well he didn't really give me an answer when you said the organizers at that time who are these organizers so the organizer for the first one which is a really small one was united against hate um so i was speaking with i think uh, one of their main organizers nadeem and he was right. there umar is also part of this united against hate right Omar Khalid Yes yes he yeah, is, he is. Yeah. Okay So I didn't get a response about why this had not built up and I mean I was of course aware of what was happening in the northeast but of course the tenor and the uh, intention behind uh, the, the kinds of protests that are happening are very uh, different and kind of add to the complexity of the whole NRC thing I see anyone else want to weigh in on why it so, happened after I I get your point absolutely because I was also surprised because this bill came up in 2016 technically and since then it has been there hmm. i was very surprised that the first time it came up it was such a like it didn't even really cause a ripple really and it's the same thing right hmm. now right um they put it to a standing committee and the standing committee was not even hearing holding hearings for i think 2 years then finally they gave a report in 2019 january and then it was passed in lok sabha then because lok sabha lapsed then they had to bring it back right now and now we know what happened now we know what happened but again it has been there for oh, a but why while. do you think the protest didn't happen before it, the passage already happened i think you know this is a symptom of how people do not understand the law making process in general because this has happened many times like after a bill is passed like for instance aadhar take the example of aadhar hmm. aadhar was also there for a while even so many other problematic bills are there in parliament for a while being discussed being considered being going to standing committee during that time no protest nothing because that is actually the time when you can move the government to do something about it but then after the bill is bus passed suddenly everybody is like oh tumne ye sab kaise kar diya why do you think raj i think there are two simple reasons one is that there's so much happening in this country there's always some event to outrage over hmm. like there was kashmir there was other things and then this started coming second is the media doesn't pay attention to these things yeah. you can't expect a common person to follow Absolutely. what is happening in the parliament only when the media starts talking about it you sort of pay attention and suddenly it's oh this is happening or this happened or we are screwed and then people start coming out this is going to happen with the data and also another also. problem is there are no organized movements as such who could like organize against these things hmm. partly that's because the left in this country has been decimated they're the only people who used to have that kind of an organization strength hmm. now it's only rss which has that and rss is not going to go out against these things hmm. so that's also partly part of the so problem so what do you I think i think there was a feeling already there was a feeling against it there was a silent 
anger. But second, they understood late, you know, the link between NRC and uh, that's Jam. also a thing. Yeah. So that's what, uh, and and I think Jamia is the one, uh, the episode, the entire thing that galvanized into a protest. I think it's because since we are very young, we do our homework only once the teacher asks for the copy. So that we carry out into <laughs> adulthood. That is one. Okay, but on a more serious note, I'll tell you, it's a combination of many things. There's no one reason. Of course, they're all theories. One, of course, is that there is no organized, you know, bunch of people. All the ones who are organized are in a part of political party called AAP now. Yeah. And I'd say this from experience because I remember when in 2002 when the amendments to the RTI happened when we started that the first Jantar Mantar protest with Aruna Roy, Nikhil Day, Shekhar Singh, Prashant, Arvind, Manish, everyone. And we had got euphoria to perform. There was no social media. So anyone who wanted to say anything had to come out and say it. You could not just tweet about it. So And movements on the ground are still more effective than social media trends. But even then, only once those amendments had been tabled in parliament is when you know this happened. Mm. Because before that, each time someone make an objection, the government would say, Hamne pass kiya hai kya? Consider karne. And every government will keep saying that. Now, for example, see how shameless these guys are. the dude pelos any shit, man. Any shit. And any shit is people hmm. say, see, Amit to hmm. bloody one month ago, you were pelowing something else that they call NRC cool and he has this, this, his fingers are surprisingly artistic for him, the rest of him. <laughs> so, no, I mean, you haven't noticed? No. no. <laughs> I didn't he has, notice. He has very, he has very dainty hands. Okay. He has like a painter's hands. When did okay. you start noticing this? I always notice people's hands. Even Mr. Modi has very nice no, hands. When did you start noticing Amit Shah's hands? How can you not? Because each time he's explaining something, he's doing this with both hands. So you can't not notice his hands. And besides, I'd rather look at his hands than his face because, you know, I'm scared. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. So, so I fucking lost my chin. No, but he pillowing Gyan. He was making the point all along. So now when they're shameless, they'll say that nothing is happening yet. They're doing the same thing now. They yeah. say nothing is happening. They took out ads also yesterday where they have very categorically stated that Citizen Amendment Act will help them identify those people who don't belong here, Muslims, who don't have papers, Muslims. And those people will not get citizenship. Everybody else will. Hmm. Now, until they do it, what do you want to protest? Because they'll say that we are not doing it. Na? Hmm. So I no, think but that's the thing, right? Like the protest, uh, I think is always this whole reactive protest is what I think is interesting here. Because now that you know that the government is he's going around and saying that NRC aega, all India NRC aega, citizenship amendment act. Ho gaya you hai. know that everybody doesn't know that you you talk to your friends who are not in news and I do that all the time. And hmm. these are not like people who are not educated or something. I mean, I'm talking about people who are in very, you know, high profile jobs, but in finance or in, you know, consulting, they have no fucking idea what's happening in parliament or what is passing and what is not passing. Because like I said, media doesn't pay attention. They only get to know about it through the media. The media mm. isn't talking about these media things. If they're talking, talking about so like, Hindu, Muslim and Ayodhya and everything and the economy, not even the economy, in fact. So, so who's let's going talk to notice? about the media. Betwa, what do you think was the coverage like? Do you, you know, frequent television channels at prime time or you stay away from that in peace and quiet and tranquility and watch Amit Shah paint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually don't watch TV. I don't have a TV okay. anymore. So I see. But what do you think the coverage by and large of this? I know that we had uh, an, we had two pieces. One talking about how Assam media covered this. One about how the international media 
and of course we have our one on national editorial. media yeah um although uh, in in our piece we said that hindustan times did not take a position against the act in the beginning but now they have kind of come around to that side but w- what do you make of its coverage and specifically i want to ask you and sir i want to come to you after that do you think media is to activity and take sides and is that okay or is that not okay. okay before i answer that can i just go back to what we were talking about earlier sure. okay sure so i think the lack of information also has a lot to do with this because actually one of the people uh, who i met while reporting yesterday so what had happened was i was near mandi house and the metro station had it was closed so this lady was i don't know where she was heading but uh, she, like she couldn't take her metro so there were like five of us in one auto at at uh, at one point so we're sitting next to her and i realized like as the day ended that she was the most important person who I had spoken with um, because so what she said was I asked her you know um, have the protests um, do you know why the metro is closed so she said yeah I, I, I do know it has something to do with the um, citizenship uh, nagrik um, thing so then I said but uh, do you do you support the protests or you don't and she said that uh, I don't know a lot about it in fact I don't like what I know I've heard from others but what I do know is that they uh, it'll keep foreigners out and that's a good thing because you know we don't have jobs in India okay so she said that the actual key phone is out so so one of the things that like two things that struck me is that a lot of people don't have the right information right it is a complicated thing about the implications for assam and the implications for the rest of the country right uh, and the other thing that struck me was that she didn't say anything about hindu muslim she said they don't have jobs right like i mean i know it's exclusionist thing hmm. but it wasn't like you know communally exclusionist right, which is also which the is line uh, arvind kejriwal is taking he's taking the most secular xenophobic line the, uh, this is the line that actually arnab is taking uh, also in assam yeah that's the this like, is the line against everybody is taking any line he's just he takes a statement and he takes a line about that statement he hasn't really taken a clear line about the full issue he has though like if you watch his prime time coverage he's against the citizenship amendment act for this very reason that you know yeah, but he did that one he did that one show about the act after that Didi will make a statement on the UN and he'll have a full thing that how dare UN yeah someone will say you know bash up a cop out of the 100 protests have happened there'll be one violent incident his whole show will be about own up pseudos like it was a fucking hashtag own up pseudos what are we 12 <laughs> own up tommy kisne susu kiya kone mein fuck you man like so he, he's not taking any line he uski line lene ki aukat nahi hai beta aap the hand that feeds you na you may snarl at it but you can't fucking bite it mm-hmm. so that's i think that is clear to all viewers but, yeah. but this this is a very common line that i've heard people take also that you know mujhe koi bhi immigration nahi chahiye because we don't have jobs we don't we, our economy can't support it it's what hamare logo to pehle protect karo fir baad logo ke so winning elections uh, in fact i want to ask so this question and i'll come to i don't know whether you saw that uh, network 18 had some stage event where arvind kejriwal is in conversation with their reporter so he very cleverly without saying anything himself i mean he did say a lot himself but i'll tell you how he spun it but first sir you as an editor you have a team of journalists covering this protest in fact we had veena who was also rounded up in by police uh, we anusuya. had anusuya was covering it uh, ayush ayush was covering Pratik. it manisha so uh, manisha is in lucknow correct uh-huh. she is in lucknow by the way if you're wondering why manisha is she's in lucknow uh, and um, uh, we have binjal uh, in, uh, in bombay in, and in assam also ayan is in assam so we have those are kind of so guys in case you're thinking that you know you see a story you see a report and you think like some bird shot on the paper and it fucking just turned into these alphabets and everyone knew the story someone took a flight went there 
you know they ate believe it or not and they did not eat at a gurudwara for free you know they actually ate at a place which i'm saying you can also eat in the gurudwara free nothing against gurudwara so free but i'm just saying so in assam that may not be so easy so one report like that or a few reports take up money so those of you who listen to this free hafta while munching on your lace chips or you know taking a drag of your 18 rupees cigarette uh while spending i don't know 400 rupees on some shit beer somewhere uh, all this information does not just drop out of the sky people pay and as long as the government pays for the ads you will get arnab and if only advertisers pay for the ad you will get one hour shows on network 18 which shows neetam bani is doing so much for indian football <laughs> so if you want rip, you know news that serves you you got to subscribe and pay to keep news free on that note sir if i have guilted enough people i don't know if that's the word but by the way really smooth segue wasn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. i do that often yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have reporters all over the country spending a lot of money getting these reports which hopefully someone will pay for who has a conscience and is not just greedy and will go to hell for being greedy and wow, not paying for okay. news wow okay you know a lot of reporters end up being activists when they go for for, for this thing i can understand that Of course, you're gonna have sympathy for you know a student who's getting bashed up, and you have to ask the police, and you have to question the state. You're not going to start questioning. But how far is too far when a reporter is on the ground getting you know activist? And I'd like to ask Meharaj that. That is why that. we have uh, editorial filters. Mm. They tend to because see, if you are in a situation where the police is stopping you from reporting, so you tend to you know inadvertently you just tend to go against. the police so you start reporting like that so but we have an editorial filter uh, here uh, you know at the desk mm. who goes through everything so we we take care of you know what to take what not to take what is a little away from the facts what is factual so and we we double confirm it and that's how we do it so so it does happen the reporters do go but then we also tell reporters but that do you think sometimes it's important to take sides no like yesterday there was a situation the police was not just letting these people gather mm. at red fort mm. so i told vina you get arrested mm. i told they her they wanted in the media gather they, no no they were they sending media away from okay. the spot so they were uh, so initially they the media to, was inside so they won't be able to cover uh, anything so they were not won't be able to cover so how to cover the entire thing how to uh, talk to these people the people who, like omar khaled Umar i think khaled, yeah omar khaled was on the bus just for uh, he was there for 30 uh, that seconds that was a point ha uh, 30 seconds so that was the point when i asked vina you just go with them i see so so vina went with them and spent the entire day so we had a first person account neeraj what do you say is it important to always like to do this monkey balancing or sometimes you have to take a side monkey balancing is the problem with the media right now i mean we, like we have been since school we have been this has been put into head there's something called objectivity there's no such thing called objectivity even when you're consciously trying to be objective you're being subjective you can only be fair you can't be objective between mukesh ambani and a person who sells something outside his house So right. you have to, you have to question power, and this is one of the problem problems with the media coverage of this whole thing. That is by design, obviously, that suddenly students are being held to a higher bar than the state and the police. Students are burning buses, which is not even confirmed. Students are doing this; they are throwing throwing stones. What is the state doing? 
who are you going to hold to account there was there were these uh, vi- uh, viral videos about some student shouting wrongly they said shouting against slogans against hindus which was not true even if they were this is one student among like what 10000 so suddenly these are all the bad guys and the state which is going into the campus beating up people we have like really really scary we have published some of the pictures also some are so bad you can't even publish them So what about those who's going to hold them to account one guy lost an eye one guy lost an and eye one guy in uh, uh, AMU lost his hand hmm. his hand has been amputated hmm. one guy in uh, I think Jamia or AMU has lost both his legs hmm. two people were killed yesterday yes. so no when there is so who's going to hold them to account the state obviously won't because like we were saying the last hafta yeah. also there is no idea of accountability and no idea of uh, there's this large scale widespread impunity and the problem with that is police are doing this because they know they are not not going to be held accountable in fact some of them might get rewards and promotions like has happened in kashmir and chatisgarh and elsewhere even in hyderabad the police officer who killed those four people recently he had done the same thing 10 years ago and he got promoted hmm. so that lack of accountability is why these guys are doing this absolutely no right. but uh, i mean that definitely you know put uh, reporters into the activist mode but i i'll say that each situation throws uh, you know some kind of vagueness uh, like the jamia it is not clear whether it was students or the bad elements hmm. so i think as reporters we need to go back to the field and do a deep dive and that's what we have been doing and check yeah. uh, you know our reporter right. she has done a in depth story she's just getting some more doubts clear in fact maybe we should just do a piece on the casualties which includes cop casualties hmm. buses yes. you know whatever hmm. we have covered some of yes. it yeah but we can do a bigger and story. also uh-huh. no, uh, actually the delhi police did confirm that there were no students involved yeah. in the bus burning yeah like they said that there were 10 unruly elements and they have been arrested but there were no jamia students involved in it now hmm. the thing is that everyone like in the media or whatever has been constantly saying oh look these students are violent these students are whatever now delhi police on the side is saying that they are not they were not even there hmm. but then that news just got got ah, lost somewhere sure. right? no then the, why because there is a propaganda on hmm. all the time so the state uh, monitored uh, you know media radio everywhere these people are have been telling this that the students had burned the buses so they are not speaking the other part the delhi hmm. police uh, saying that the students were not involved and the 10 persons who have been arrested none of them is a student even even like for instance a reputable newspaper like indian express when mm. it, when it has like a front page headline saying mobs attack, attack. cops or whatever like when you are using the word mobs and we have a column on this uh, which kalpana sharma has written about right. how the media has approached this whole issue when you use these words like mobs and vi- violent elements and and you do it constantly right now the media is somehow uh, you know is also implicit in this whole propaganda which you're talking about and the monkey balancing is best displayed by bollywood right like right now where the rithik where a rithik roshan comes out and says oh students ke sath bura hua but nobody should be violent but you know uh, yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's just bullshit some That's of the whole some thing. of what the media has been doing like say express headline and all that some of it is not malicious they're just like trained and it it's just become a them. habit to write like that sure. some of it is by design because most of the especially the broadcast media is now an yeah, organ yeah, of the state you can see the one that's huh, by design so bitra, you, sorry bitra you want to say something yeah i mean because sir said right that he um 
he he suggested to a reporter that you call him sir you can call him raman <laughs> i call him sir because i call him sir <laughs> do you prefer raman raman sir raman raman just call me raman okay yeah. so when raman said right that uh, he um, asked one of your reporters to join um, the, the the people who were being hauled off um, i i know i sort of um, struggle with how much a journalist should become part of the story right mm. as opposed to being um an observer and even whether while we're covering this um journalists should be attending protests as protesters hmm. so um i think but while you're attending it of course no, but, no. but so, otherwise i'm not sure about that okay um because you're still in that story right like no matter sure. how long that story well, takes as long as you're covering that issue even when you're not on duty yeah. you shouldn't be okay got it yeah nice. as a as a um Yeah, you shouldn't be there. Like you should only be there as a reporter. As a reporter, no, for instance, mm-hmm. I, I can I can actually. So Vina, who was arrested, right, in this exact thing. Um, so she's given a first-person account. So you should read right, it on right. newslaundry.com, guys. Please go and read it. It's a wonderful Segway. account. Segway. <laughs> uh, but uh, you should also check out. She was sending us videos constantly, right, um, of people's bites she was taking. Hmm. Um, uh, she spoke to Umar Khalid in the bus, long bite. There were three young girls under age, like one was from 11th standard, who was came from the school and started protesting. She got arrested, and she was saying, "Ki uh, first she was like, I I thought I would be scared, but this bus is so nice, you know. Even our public transport is not that good, and now they're giving us a joy ride to wherever." Hmm. And then she spoke to these protesters. Now there, she was acting as a capacity of a reporter, right? But the only way she could get access was by by being a part of it part of but that. then now after the whole thing is done after her reports have come in the videos have come in i think her first person account of how she did this is also important where she is the story but she is also doing a story and this is important no there uh, there is an anthropologist uh, warrior elvin hmm. uh, he has worked mostly in india and uh, he's done great work So any student of sociology or uh, anthropology will know. He introduced to one methodology called participant observation. Mm. So the participant observation is that you don't let the subject know that you are studying that subject. You know that brings out lot of facts. I mean, the, 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 you will not know that I'm studying you. So you will come out with your you know truth. so that is something which i i you know adopted because if i go as a reporter uh, in many situations i will never get my rep- uh, story hmm. so yes what i write if factually incorrect hold me up hmm. but if i use this methodology to get facts right i don't see yeah, any harm in it please finish no. yeah, so, but but what people say when you tell them that you're a reporter is could be quite different from what people are telling you as you know a casual observer right sure. and i feel that everyone should be given that choice and no like you know that they should know that they're talking to a talking to a reporter but you know in the in the current age that we are i think those lines are also blurring because so for instance the finance bill story that i did for you like in 2017 mm-hmm. i was in parliament i was working for an mp right. but the fact that i had that access is what made me do that story right. i was acting as a journalist but i was also giving a first person account of what the hell is going on in parliament, parliament. and i could only do that because i was there mm-hmm. so it was a first person account mm-hmm. and i think those kind of stories 
I feel personally that to read those kind of stories, I find them more interesting yes. from from a personal angle of what that person. So I'm of course aware that there is an inherent bias there because that person is also human. Yeah, being. but then as as Miraj said, there is a bias everywhere. I think yeah. objectivity is all an you can do is be fair. Yeah, be, be fair. fair. Oh, absolutely. In fact, fair. You know, when you no, said true. that, yeah. uh, I I. What Mehraj said made me revisit. So I'm also going to give this recommendation of a piece I had written for the Indian Express in 2011. Um, and of course, my first line was, I'm all for the Indian Express corruption as I'm an interested party. And there's, I'm, I was a trustee in PCRF, which was the secretariat for the Indian Express corruption and the general local movement. I said, I will try and be fair. Hmm. The, and this, I've spoken exactly about lost sense of proportion. I remember Barkha and, you know, a lot of, I had a disagreement with a lot of them. They said, this is no way for legislation to happen on the roads you're coming out. You know, because hmm. that time also all of the, I said, like, which world do you reporters live in? Yeah, you think, you think movement happen in boardrooms? Okay, what do you think? Okay, that's a good point. Someone take minutes. It fucking happens like this. Of course, you have a bunch of people doing the drafting like Shekhar, Prashant and all. But the push comes from here and it works. Which is why these guys are backpedaling. The BJP with, you know, Amit Shah with his forbidding face and dainty fingers was, you know, t- telling us that you can't do anything, That advertisement that came out yesterday in a couple of Hindi papers saying that there is no announcement of the national NRC, they are backpedaling. They are saving face. So, of course, movements work and movement works where people come out on the road, not because they're sitting in boardrooms and telling you. And at that time also, there was this whole thing that, is this any way to behave? A ke, you know, gale mein kisi ne dal diya tha, Manmohan Singh likke ya kuch, and they were parading that gadha around. Look at these protesters. So, so actually the media was doing that then also. I remember, mm. and there was a very distinct divide. The English media almost uniformly was critical of the protests, other than Arnab who was, mm. you know, a big cheerleader. And the Hindi media was more... Mm. you know favorable uh, or positively inclined towards the uh, Jan Lokpal Mm. movement and that time also uh, this piece I'd written in the Express was that it's called a lost sense of proportion that what you are expecting from the protesters is a standard that is this high Mm. and what you're expecting from the legislators and the the Chidambaram and the Sibyls and all is this low Mm. which was ridiculous Mm. and I think that is a constant thing which is because hierarchy is so bloody embedded in this. Because, like for example, that Sarangoli Chandel said that someone should uh, these they don't pay any taxes, and yet they are burning buses. Oh, and I was like, in those oh. three lines, she has a got her facts wrong. Yeah. That <laughs> only if you don't pay taxes, if you're still paying indirect. Right? B, implicit in that is the typical Indian entitlement. Ki fuck, if I pay tax, I can burn a bus. <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck, you know. She did not say that, but it was implicit in the way she had framed that. And th- if you're entitled, you can get away with a lot. Whereas it should be the other way around. Hmm. Anyway, you want to say something? Uh, yeah, but I think you did too. So do you want to go so ahead? you go first because you're the guest. Okay. Yeah. And Meghna doesn't stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> hey! <So>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that clicked a bit later. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think this is going to like, I'm going to have a segue of my own with Please. this point. Okay. You must but, uh, your own work also. We all do that. Um, so I think... Um, I have struggled with this question of like, you know, being objective. Uh, and and I think like we're still constantly struggling with that. Some uh, it usually happens when there's, you know, a force above you, which is uh, which is more polarizing. Right. But uh, uh, so I started this. Um, but I think for me, um, ever since Dadri, right, uh, the, the lynching in Dadri, I don't know if the struggles become more or less. But I mean, I feel like I, I don't believe the other side as much. 
the other side meaning um, being the kind of uh, point of view that the modi government uh, has so we did this um, so i do this newsletter right it's called the idea of india where we try to speak with someone who may not exactly have the same point of view as um, i don't know i hate putting labels but say the mm-hmm. liberal or mm-hmm. um, point of view so we done that with uh, one one of these things with rahul pandita for instance right who right. and we were looking at like kashmir very differently from i think how he was looking at kashmir right but the conversation was really productive so i feel that in this whole thing of you know whether we are being objective whether we are being activists um i think people who are saying one thing are just sort of you know doing it irrespective of what people are saying i mean there's sort of no interaction between both sides um no kind of there should be a lot more i i now i don't know because i think it's becoming more difficult i think till there was a point where you know i felt like that that interaction was absolutely absolutely necessary i think it still is but it's just becoming more difficult i i do this i do this practice which you did with rahul pandita i do it with my twitter trolls uh, any twitter troll i think of like who's constantly practice yeah okay no but um, i do it with my twitter trolls like even if they have like very low followers they keep constantly like cursing me or whatever every once in a while every week i make this follows a lot to curse you Are you doing a rangoli? Mean, no. Seriously, no, no, no. are you going to compare Rahul Pandita to a troll? No, no, no. Is no, no, he's not comparing the two. Actually, the point he's making is engaging in dialogue with someone yeah. who But I do it. Reason. I do it another way. Like if I see him consist or her consistently. Actually, it's mostly him. Uh, consistently cursing me, I DM them and said, "Ki tera problem kya hai mere saath? Bata de mere saath." I'll I talk to them for an hour hmm. and figure out ki tumara. I mean, what does it, objection does it do you have? To a peaceful. Kind it does of, because it it's does. on DM. Since it's on DM, it's not a yeah, performance. Yeah. Uh, and I had I had the most interesting conversation with this person who has an Arnab Goswami selfie with himself, hmm. who's been constantly going at me for like months now. Right, and I I spent I think two hours talking to that person. कि तुम्हारा problem क्या है? Whatever it is. So he's like, uh, my problem is segregation. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, uh, I I don't like the way this CA is being done, but I also feel like Hindus like me are not being projected and uh, have been projected in a right right light throughout the ages. So I feel that this is a good thing that is happening. That finally I'm getting a voice. And I'm like, that's such a ridiculous thing to say. Hmm. Um, he. he said that uh, we had a very bizarre conversation where uh, it came down to a point where i told him listen what do you want exactly do you want 20 million muslims to be become stateless to be put in concentration camps do you, do you want that is that what you want and he's like no no but you know there are a few people in there which are radicalized so i'm like okay how many so he said uh, i don't know the numbers so he's like if, if you don't have the numbers what are you saying he's like no no give me an estimate so he's like 5% muslims are all radicalized i'm like okay let's go with that so he's like 5% of that is how much right so i compared them to rapists basically uh, the amount of people who are convicted rapists are so large on a daily annual basis that you are not worried about these guys monsters living amongst us but you are but, worried about this imaginary figure yeah, but i don't think 5%. people but yeah i think that kind of a conversation a is difficult to have with so many people but a lot of one, people one at a time i mean no, even if you do it every you do it like every yeah, weekend but you, i do it every week you have a little time on your hands but what betra saying i think is true in the sense that you know i've uh, had difference of opinion politically with friends family as we have we all you know growing up uh, especially if you've been a news professional you tend to you know 
get into this zone in a earlier stage in life like for example the indian corruption movement a lot of my friends and family my dad was like what is arvind up to and what are you mm. wasting your time there for and it's just, and p- people would say unkind stuff but it did not it did not make me reject them outright as friends or allies or i wouldn't say fuck it i don't want to talk to you ever again fuck off i'm done with you in this life it was not a we've had a fight and we'll make up kind of a conversation now i mean it was at that time now it's not and i'll tell you why and i and i don't think there is anything i see a lot of monkey balancing happening like for example i also see the diagnosis shekhar gupta and ps morgan had the same kind of diagnosis of boris winning that how liberals need to relook at how they engage i think that's bullshit mm. uh, i think they are which all often happens people who been commenting on politics for too long pay low anything because there is no way to check what you're saying is right or wrong because the world changes so fast from weather to politics to diseases to economy you know 5 years later if the diagnosis turns out to be wrong this is no no it should have been right but last year lehman happened or x happened so what you assumed that the world would remain the same till then but mm. so i think when basic human values are challenged it is okay to outright reject family friends anyone and that is what the politics of modi and trump have done they are questioning basic human values so for me if someone is defending yogi adityanath because i've tried to tell friends that they'll agree with you today but day after tomorrow they'll be back to square one hmm. so fuck it the, do you not think there is any value to spending time trying to convince them no, otherwise because their expectation is that we are haggling for the price of onions that you say 100 i say 50 let's settle at 75 no hmm. you say let's kill all muslim i say kill none let's kill half this is not fucking this we are not haggling but for but it's not bargaining though it is the but expectation are, is that you are, take five steps i'll take five fuck your five steps stuck for five steps there are no two them. sides to like one side if says genocide other says yeah. human rights for everybody there's no there's two the, sides it's but not then two you sides have the to same. convince them about sure, the human you have, rights but what i'm saying convince, is a lot of people yes, get but convinced but a lot of people after coming so far there are many people who are already convinced not because you've said anything because they can see for themselves what the fuck is happening yeah but the ones who are not convinced are not going to be convinced but you go with that default expectation basically that they will not be convinced no no i what i'm saying is i'm going to try to tell them but if after a conversation they are back to but he's still better than that yeah then your okay. human values don't matter then but that yeah. is where you stop talking that's when you stop talking mm. yeah sorry go ahead i was just going to say because you said genocide right like i think making those choices become you know more difficult when um the situation confronting you may not be that stark or you may not be able to explain it to people as easily as genocide right so i think when people i mean i think it's easier for people to do i mean using these terms are so tricky now but the right thing or think the right way i mean um would would be easier if for instance like if you know if it was something as stark or as easily explainable as say a genocide or ethnic cleansing um so people kind of feel uh that you know something like they're uncomfortable with something but you know maybe it's still right and i feel as journalists right like you're saying that um you choose that you may not uh, like you won't engage with those people right but as a journalist After we can yeah but as journalists we can't sure. afford not to do I'm that just in your personal life no, no, in no, your I personal think, life no. and besides one thing i i just want to clarify often it is i don't consider myself a journalist okay i used to be a journalist i have done no significant reporting for maybe 15 20 years so i can't really call me i'm a commentator i do interviews right. but i won't say I'm a, 
I think you have to have done some reporting actively, or mm. at least overseen reporting to be considered a journalist. Right. So that's why it's a lot easier for me to make statements that are politically incorrect, unfair, yeah, you know, yeah. prejudiced. Or, but yeah, I think it's harder for a journalist. And you're right. I, I would be suspicious of a journalist I was hiring yeah. if the person was as opinionated as I am. Yeah, because I think then you miss like the big stories. Like I mean, uh, with uh, for instance, the whole election of Trump, right? Like everyone mm. just missed that story because again, people were just shouting in their own uh, chamber boxes. Exactly. Yeah. Because mm. um, sorry, so you were saying? No, no. You are getting into the realm of opinions. But I think as reporters, our engagement is very simple. Hmm. Just give all sides of the picture. That's it. Hmm. I mean, that's all we are supposed to do. I mean, engaging people on Twitter or I mean, something that reporters don't do. Hmm. I mean, at least I I never do this. Hmm. Even even on Twitter, I'm just forwarding the stories. I'm not even giving one line opinion what I think about it. Hmm. So I I think maybe 30 years of uh, you know hardcore reporting. That's internalized. That's it has made me like that i mean and and i personally feel that in journalism as reporters we can't be opinion makers we we, we just need to report hmm. and need to report as simple as possible just tell the readers the picture the ground report that's it okay a few outcomes of this entire protest that happened you guys have figured by now protests happened in countries across the world there were internet shutdowns in many places most of the congress ruled states Permission was given for protests. Most BJP rule states permission was denied for protests. There was firing in Mangaluru where two people have died. And I hope we'll have some clarity by any media house. I mean, we don't have yet another report to send to Mangaluru because not enough of you have subscribed. But hopefully one day you will. But there were places where the police behaved very well. There was this one video in, uh, I think that was Bangalore, right? That Rathor cop who sang Janaganman, he pacified the crowd. It was really really beautifully done there were also people giving flowers to mm. yeah, in Delhi. Flowers. yeah like even even with in Veena's report she says that by the end of it they were like giving them dates and like feeding them and they were like high helloing right later. and now there's a high level committee that's going to sit you know mm. chaired by Amit Shah um, who's going to figure out how to deal with the protests or what they will no, do. Actually, the, the the committee thing is very interesting because yesterday uh, reports were saying, MHA sources, whatever reports were saying, mm. that they are now finalizing the rules under the CA. As you said, it has not been notified. You were correct. Right. It has been assented by the president, but it has not been notified. And they are saying that the act will only be notified after the rules have been formed. Now, these rules are the ones that we have to keep a watch for. Right. Which is because that will be the filtration process that How it will happen? Yeah. Sure. So this this happened, and um, the interesting thing I said about Kejriwal, and after that we move on to the next subject, and I have a couple of mails. What he he was at this event at Network 18, and and um, that anchor who speaks English and Hindi. And today we will get you Kikya Hua Ajkal. It's, it's you know this he's this it's a seven o'clock. It's this like new kind of cool. Okay. Like you can make it. It's really contrived. Make the sentence half Hindi, half English. It's not like normal English. So he says, to mujhe abhi tak samaj you know, Arvindan is very, you know, innocent boy kind of face. Ki, um, so aap bataye, what does this law really say? So of course the tanker gets on the back foot that I'm being led into a trap. So he gives minimum amount of what the law says. Ki, citizens ab jo bhi persecuted hain, unko milega. To kahan kahan se? To he says, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Afghanistan se. Ye kya hai ye CAB? कानून आपने विरोध किया जिसमें पड़ोसी देशों से जो शरणार्थी जो वहां धार्मिक धार्मिक वजहों से प्रताड़ित हैं 
उनको नागरिकता का रास्ता खुलेगा इसमें कौन 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 से देश पाकिस्तान है बांग्लादेश है अफगानिस्तान है वहां से किस किस को कह रहे हैं आएंगे लोग सो बेसिकली वट इज सेट बिटवीन दीज थ्री कंट्रीज अबाउट थ्री टू फोर करोड़ माइनॉरिटीज इज इज थ्री टू फोर करोड़ माइनॉरिटी इवन इफ हाफ ऑफ दम से इंडिया Where are you keeping them? Are you keeping them in Delhi? Are you keeping them in Bombay? Are you keeping them in Gujarat? Who's giving them jobs? He says you cannot give our own children jobs. You are getting going to give jobs to three crore people coming from outside. Basically, so he says, and he says, and the people here who we find are not in the NRC. They're saying irrespective of what religion they are, okay, we'll say go back. Hmm. So we'll say okay, you four crore come here, you four crore go back. <laughs> like, what are we doing really? So very subtly, he's trying to trigger the panic that has made people win elections the world over. that if these folklore people come here your already fucked lives are fucked hmm. even more the immigration argument immigration argument and that i think politically is smart is in delhi no not in all states but in delhi that argument can win an election it may not win an election in other parts of the country hmm. and i think that's what it will win your elections in assam also <laughs> if yeah, you have this argument and and it's exclusionist but like we were talking about not communally exclusionist yeah it's mm-hmm. the exactly it's it's, it's still, brilliant it's, 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 <laughs> no, but i i kind of understand these kinds of like even if you call them xenophobic and all that once you have created a territorial state a nation state based right. on territory implicitly you are saying somebody who is on the other side of that door is sure. not yours so this idea of regulating immigration is implicit in that now as a democratic society as decent people you kind of figure out okay which how many people we let in do we let everybody come and, and for all what that. i mean yeah and for yeah. what and not based on religion and all those things but these kind of arguments i think have some merit but mm. when you are explicitly saying okay hindus come but muslims don't come mm. in a country where th- there's so much tension between these two communities you are winning elections over that hmm. that is a recipe That's for disaster i i agree and another thing i wanted to comment on before we move on about the this police thing you were saying i mean i don't get this whole idea of having to ask police for permission hmm. i mean it's yeah. fine to inform them but why are you going to have to ask for permission yeah, in a democratic state yeah can i protest no you can't so now what do i do no but you have to tell them your roots and everything yeah inform them inform but why them. do you have to seek permission mm. yeah i didn't understand that permission part either what does the it's police become this mean? new thing i think they started under upa and they had stopped giving permission after anna was sitting and they said we will let you sit in this park which was in ramleela right no ramleela was the compromise they came they had given us a ground uh, somewhere near uh, that's easterly rajori garden all Hmm. Hmm. Now, no, I mean, Rajori Garden, West Delhi. West Delhi. So they had given us a ground that you protest there. You cannot protest Jantarwan. You can't protest Ramleela ground. Now, th- th- uh, it was very smart because there, you know, Chadda Saab and his Porsches and would fucking come and, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. Bunty driving his bloody Pajero, red Pajero, saying, "City boy, come baby, sit." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, yeah, we fuck. So there's no my Punjabi bab, you know, subscribers love you, bro. Just <laughs> not judging. <laughs> but, but, but you know you. then that is when he said i'm going to go into tihar and then he said i'm not leaving tihar so then from there because it became so big they came straight to ramleela hmm. and then because the government had to say face it okay now fuck it sit here but they were not they were giving you some bloody park somewhere where no one would come hmm. now even that's become difficult because now you're apparently you apparently have to pay if you want to protest it Ramleela Maidan or Achha, even Jantar Mantar you oh, can only go to some now. Okay, that's it's been it was I think last year or year before. So, uh, so, so this I think is the whole process of criminalization of protests and dissent. So because you are sort of trying to weed out if you have to pay fifty thousand bucks to protest at Ramleela Maidan, yeah, if it's a group of farmers, yeah. mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you going to do? 
Yeah, I was just going to say you had mentioned um you know that Kejriwal was taking this line of um not explicitly but he was kind of he, I think he was testing it. it. Yeah, but so uh, I think in the interview with Rahul Kanwal uh, amongst like the many um arguments justifications that I mean Shah gave I think the third or fourth one was also that uh, uh, you know India bahut poor country hai yahan pe like we need uh, I mean, we need to keep our jobs for ourselves. So I think uh, the, it's not just a Kejriwal thing. I think like the BJP also have like has like a mixed bag of reasons, which may um, you know um, sort of uh, appeal to different kinds of but, kinds but, of justification. But the CA goes completely against that reasoning. Basically, CA is a blank check to all the minorities in these three countries to come, to come here and, and we'll give you citizenship. So that's four crore people. And yeah, also, but I think he was speaking uh, well just about the Muslims. Okay. And also, like the crores of people, which they're saying is blatantly wrong if you look at the committee report because thirty one thousand three hundred and thirteen people will be given. Yeah, I again. saw that number. And but uh, Amit Shah, what he keeps saying is, "Lakhon crore logo ko nahi suba dikhegi." Um, Now what is this? No, that because is, people are linking it to NRC. Once yeah, they do exactly. it, and you'll have like lakhs and crores of people who won't have documents. Right. Yeah. Okay. But sorry, sorry. I just want to say this last thing. But everyone sort of like getting, uh, like you know, is really hung up on what are the legal justifications of this, right? So, but like I feel like with all the reasons that Amit Shah gives, right, the one that this is the natural home for Hindus, has a very strong resonance with people, yeah. um, and especially in the northern, our uh, the the cow belt, right, the cow belt. Mm. Um, so I think that over and above them being able to properly explain this, I feel that they. may not need to because just this thing that this is like you know he said very thing like hindu kahan jayega i feel like that that echoes, resonates that, right. really that really resonates. resonates we were talking yeah. about this last week also the power of a simple idea mm. however bad or good an idea is because it's a simple idea it gets like we were talking in the context of the british election these guys had get brexit done the others had like a whole lot of great mm. stories and great ideas but they were a lot of like complex ideas so these ideas no, resonate with people the spirit of the law it doesn't have to do anything with hindus mm. see there is an issue since 1990s that bangladeshi immigrants have to be removed that was the issue okay congress had its own way of handling it now these people have come up their own way i mean how they can politically extract the best benefits you know out of these laws nobody is even questioning uh, you know giving citizenship to hindu migrants it is, yeah exactly huh. so it has nothing to do with yeah, hindu but that's all a spin i huh. think so um now we have this mail this is from manjri uh, a subscriber first of all thank you manjri for supporting independent media and paying to keep news free so manjri says hi news laundry always appreciate the time and effort into getting us diverse viewpoints on hafta and outside a couple of things the narrative in india makes me feel hopeless about the future Are there other countries that felt they faced an intruder problem but had more empathetic ways of resolving it? Also, I'm paraphrasing, but Abhinandan mentioned an incident during the last half that the bathrooms had to be redone because someone did not identify with the binary genders. The money could have been spent better, but political correctness reigned. I'd like to offer a different perspective. There was a time not too long ago when only men went to universities and even schools. During my undergrad, women in a department only had one bathroom on the third floor of another building. I remember them timing when they could run to it between classes. I believe I heard a similar story in Hafta long back of no bathrooms for women in newsrooms. Cheryl Sandberg also mentions going to a meeting and being told by a host that they had no idea if they had a women's bathroom. I think you would agree that building a restroom for women would have a cost, but one you would be willing to pay. This exclusion was a was a wrong done to women that most people would like to correct. Society has inequality as only barely understand or acknowledge gender fluidity or the issues people don't identify with 
a binary phase. But it's not just political correctness when we want people to feel included. I personally find with making restrooms gender neutral probably because I'm now living in a country where I feel safe as a woman or perhaps make it okay for anyone to use any restroom based on their choice or ensure that they're respected throughout. I don't have answers, but that doesn't mean that question doesn't deserve any. Thanks, M. So Manjri, uh, I had a long conversation about this with a subscriber who co-hosted last week's Awful and Awesome Entertainment Rap with me, Angeline Sani. And Angeline uh, also thought what I said was um, problematic. And she, we've had a long chat, so do check it out. I, I'm still not convinced. But yeah, check it out. But I'd love to know what this, this uh, panel has to say. And also one more question she's asked. So if this panel can just weigh in on that, that any other country that has faced this intruder problem and and how have they resolved it in a more humane way? Um, one thing that I would like to tell Manjiri is that uh, we have done a explainer which will be up soon. On, uh, the, trans, uh, uh, on the transgender bill. And uh, we got a trans activist, Ray, to do this. And this is exactly what uh, she said about... Uh, the bathrooms right and uh, and it is such a difficult thing to understand for someone who is a cis male or like a, even a woman for that instance what she was telling me and she did this video on twitter also that uh, i do not eat or drink in public because my bladder is small i do not have control of it and i'm scared going to bathrooms like anywhere right and it's like uh, most transgender face violence in bathrooms and whether it be male or even female bathrooms they face violence so when she has to go out she has to even plan how much she's going to eat and drink when she goes out where she can't use the loose she I can't go there I, I completely get it but even the queen does even the queen does? queen elizabeth i mean how much liquid you because you can't queen madam like that jo- joke of Gani's <laughs> Elsing. You don't know that joke? Can I tell a joke? Please do. So Gani's Elsing and Queen Elizabeth have a meeting here when he was president. Famously, basically, Queen, when you're royalty, you can't just use any loose. So how much fluid do you intake? And not just her, heads of state. Hmm. You can't halfway through the January parade say, I'm in the bathroom. So you know what? You, you have to plan that when you are... The joke is that... Um, so Queen tells Gani ji, uh, she needs to go to the loo. She says, Kanji, you want to go around the corner? Hmm. Hey, there are no corner in this garden. It is a round garden. <laughs> <laughs> says, Kanji, I want to powder my nose. Your nose is looking very beautiful. No need to powder. So, I have to talk about Hindi. She says, Kanji, we have to show you a place to show you. She says, first of all, show you. Oh God! Okay. Anyway, coming to <laughs> sorry. So you you not only get political gyan from Betwa, Meghnath, Mehraj, and Raman, you also get B grade jokes Sad from me. jokes. That's that's the beauty of yeah. Hafta. But uh, no, I get what you're saying. I still think it's a problem, and, and you can listen to the awful and awesome to see why. Yeah, I will. I've gone into detail. I think I mean the choice should be given to them what they want. Like if it's say a woman's issue. The woman should be asked what they want and whether it's feasible or not. Similar with transgender people. If they want a different bathroom to feel more comfortable, I think the choice should be left to them. Sure. But actually, this was in context of, I was talking about a friend of mine who was, who teaches in the US and said because of this, they had to actually redo one entire floor because there were people who didn't want to go to the male loo or the female loo. They wanted a separate loo. Hmm. I mean, and she's a hardcore, you know, bleeding heart liberal. But she said, I could think of so many other uses that money our department is just short on rather than making a loo for someone who doesn't want to go male or female. And I get that. 
but the economic argument has been given for everything like even yeah. when you have yeah, to seg- but, for desegregation but it's not the same i think you know it's 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 uh, it can be the same argument but how far you go for example i mean just i was curious where will you stop it on facebook for a while you could identify so let's 73 different genders hmm. so you're cis male cis female okay then you're i i, I don't know what the, the spectrum is in the middle i'm i'm not that uh, where do you stop it these are conversations yes, in progress i mean as you go um, along you figure it out i suppose i, I mean i just talking about yeah. pcness um so th- this friend of mine her son is 12 uh, he's studying in new york and uh, she got a mail from her son's teacher saying that you know i don't want to kind of step on religious practices and stuff but you know your son said that he believes in this cheese religion and the cheese religion he has to at this time he will cannot come to class because he has to go and do xyz of course he was fucking desi kid but he pelowing it any bullshit but this teacher had to be so careful that you know she had to check with the mother that you know i have said that yes you can go today but this is not feasible i cannot let him go every friday or thursday whatever he wants he was just taking the piss but political correctness stopped the teacher mm. saying shut the fuck up and sit in class yeah. no but isn't that good i mean if that teacher is being that sensitive he checks with the mother i think it's too figure, far huh? yeah i think i think it's just, i we have to think about who decides it's too far yeah. right who is deciding here it's it's too far and i feel like say at the receiving end of it um you know um people at the receiving end of it i i i mean I don't think I don't think we can say at this point where where it should stop because there's just been so much um, I mean and I think you do have to push the boundaries and really sort of enforce maybe political correctness to get the balances right right because like right now there are dalit children who are not being allowed to eat in classrooms with children from so called uh, upper castes right uh, so i think when the balance is tilted so much in that favor because you know you get the same argument with uh, the uh, you know sexual violence right like kitne cases aapke false register ho rahe and stuff and there may be cases like that but like i think like with when it comes to like political correctness i think language does matter because especially for the younger generation right like it's so easy even right now i'm sorry i'm going off topic mm-hmm. you know for people to casually remark about a woman's complexion or a woman's weight or anyone's weight for that matter or anyone's complexion for that matter because it's busted in us that somehow you know you are less because you don't have that fair skin and i feel like unless you are really really rigid about political correctness all the time so that it's in your being mm-hmm. that it's not okay to just casually turn around and say are moti hai are savli hai okay like you know that's when change begins to happen yeah but uh, so no, there can't be any uniform rule uh, mm. in such matters uh, i think i have seen uh, uh, you know in places like jnu the things are very liberal i mean they i mean many they use common bathrooms and all so so it differs from There's place to place there's safety there ah. which is not there from i'm, place I'm to actually place. very shocked you did that uh, whole thing about cheese and shut the fuck up and sit down when you did an interview with asaduddin oasi hmm. similar thing happened like by the way subscribers treat coming for you asaduddin yeah. oasi's interview i did the same episode last time but i said i said i no, wanted but, to make a joke but, no, but i didn't no but no but i'm talking about how he specifically told the organizers that i want to go and read the namaz hmm. you will ne- never tell us so do they know is to shut the fuck up and sit down in on the panel no, but no, you no. this child who is like going and doing like this cheese religion whatever you think he is taking a piss hmm. but he 
I mean, जो भी हो maybe he is taking a piss. But what if he genuinely believes in this religion? What if he genuinely thinks that no, he has to do certain things at a certain time, like like reading a namaz then, or reading a namaz? Then I think then I think he should not be in that school. If you are going, so, no, 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 if you ask me a question, let me answer. Yeah. Okay, now I th- you know this whole that a. what betwa did i think that is a lot of people do that and it's deeply problematic when you throw a lot of dissimilar things into the same basket true then if everything is racism then nothing is racism in fact one does a disservice to what one wants to do a service to i don't think commenting on someone's color of skin hmm. or commenting on someone's um religion or birth or whatever is a, is 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 at all in the same category in the context and in fact someone just uh, tweeted this the other day it was a journalist that a journalist job is not just about the facts but also the context so i think that's true not just for journalists for everything i don't think there is anything wrong in commenting on zamamul haq's weight like amit shah's weight no that was in the context of yoga if you are a sportsman and you are out of shape this whole fat shaming is going too far of course if someone has a medical problem but It's like saying there's nothing wrong in me don't read. You know, it's okay to not know anything. It's not. It's okay to not exercise. It's not. So I think saying indulge everything and when you say who decides, I decide for myself, you decide for yourself. Hmm. But I'm not going to not decide because you don't agree with my decision. I think if you have gone to a school where 500 kids are sitting and your cheese religion says that I can't sit on this class, then fuck off, don't come to that school. Asad had told those organizers specifically don't keep the debate because I can't come. Okay. So that was completely different. Hmm. So it's not the same thing. He had not enrolled on it, and suddenly halfway decided to get up and say, "Okay, fuck it, I'm not doing this." Hmm. So okay, huh? there, there's so, a distinction now, there. Yeah. I I I definitely do think, and again, political correctness is a virtue. I'm not saying it's not a virtue, but I think if you push it too far, you discredit legitimate battles because you are also defending battles that, in my view, are not legitimate or necessary or even fair. Um I completely agree with you. Yes, um you know, there is a context to to everything. Um but I still still think it comes under the overarching rubric of you know, uh a who decides. I do think that there is a question of who is deciding that we're going uh this is going too far because 50 years ago we may not have known what we consider today as completely normal as you know, um as being okay so i i still think i agree with you that in the sense that they maybe some things that feel ridiculous right now that we're going too far but i think it's still for too easy for us uh, too early for us to decide to to decide what is and and what what is going too far i mean at the individual level yes it's up to everybody to decide what they think of their own but when you it comes to the policy level so who exactly. makes some policy which Someone is why i said do listen to awful and awesome because that is when it came to that everyone decides and then i said okay but now this decision has to made then someone has who to decide who makes the policy yes who makes the decision? and who is the stakeholder the in that policy women who gone through sexual violence were called uh, victims you know like till 3 hmm. years ago and now we're all calling them survivors. survivors and it's and slowly and slowly like you know like this like even like our national papers like run images with you know women like huddled or women like crying and that's the image we have in our heads uh, and the language has always been victim so i think it's like so many people of us are referring to them as survivors that it's finally beginning to sink in that they are mm. survivors so yeah. i think language in the hindi but in that sense sorry to be thing? the devil's advocate but in that sense it's a crime right there is still a perpetrator and a victim 
I mean, it's in the legal best sense. to yeah to call them a survivor, but they're still by not calling them a victim, aren't we somehow trying to lessen the pain. gravity of the crime and the pain by saying, okay, it's okay, they survived this. It's like they were in an accident instead of saying they were victims of a brutal crime. Okay, I think you're being uh, like very literal here. Like, I don't think when it registers to me like survivor, I don't think that. You know, in survival, in this, in the sense of that, uh, you know, accident. I've survived an accident. I, I think of it in a, in a uh, much broader sense. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it translates like that for mm. many people. Okay, I have another. By the way, do you use ruling party in your HuffPost, or do mm. you use governing party? Ruling. Okay, we don't yeah. use ruling party. Okay. It's banned yeah. in News Laundry. Okay. It's good to know. But I keep saying that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has an opinion on it, by the way. Yeah. Because he thinks we should say ruling because we are ruled. We are no. ruled. But that All is because us. we've internalized in our head. We aren't. As as the protest showed, they will back off. No, as the protest showed, we are being ruled. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so, um, uh, and anyone want to weigh in on uh, Manjari's poor question about any country has got completely the political correctness is a more important oh, question. Uh, what was the question? That any country that has, you know, the other, the, the intruder problem, have they handled it more sensitively? Uh, in I the think, context of the this gender uh, CAA. I think Germany handled Germany, it really well, yeah. but at significant cost to Merkel's political capital. I think for her to say that we will take a million in is... But uh, with Germany, there was a economic reason for it. They they had a giant labor shortage, and they wanted people to come and work in low-level jobs. But that's Le- true. Labor intensive. But that's jobs. true of America also. I mean, as enough commentators say that I mean, you know, the it's not like a white Caucasians are going to become your gardeners and nurses in in Florida. Hmm. It's still going to be the Mexicans who are going to come. Uh, but I think in uh, Germany's case, there is also because and you know, having dealt with some organizations in Germany, that what they did to the Jews weighs so heavily on their conscience across organizations, across institutions, mm. across governments that they want to make sure that they can kind of cleanse that that sin, which is why I of think... Of an entire yeah. population. Yeah, yeah, so I think... Uh, but yeah, they handle it very well. I no, thought. but even there, there's been a bit of a backlash because that far-right party, AFD, AFD. that's gained a lot of seats. Yeah. I think the problem with this is the immigration, if you can call it a problem, I don't think we should call it a problem. The causes for it, uh, underlying causes are economic, the economic system that runs in the world, the territorial nation state. As long as those systems remain in place, this problem will happen. Hmm. People are coming to the United States because they don't have a good life in their own sure. home country. So unless those economic problems, those social problems are solved there, Little it's going country. to happen everywhere. Okay, so now I just like to briefly talk about this other bill, which apparently is also very problematic. It is the Personal Data Protection Bill 2019. So you want to give us a little bit of context about this, uh, Meghnad? Um, Okay, so Personal Data Protection Bill uh, is a very big bill and it's going to be super significant and this is exactly what I was saying will going is going to happen with this also um, uh, the CAA when it was brought in nobody really bat, bats an eyelid when it comes in but when it's passed everybody's like oh my god kya ho gaya iske saath bhi hone wala hai. Uh, because this is fundamentally going to change how internet operates in India right now what the government was uh, told by the Puttaswami judgment was that you have to care about privacy 
in the modern age liberty and privacy are interlinked what we used to know as liberty is now privacy um you you have to care about the data that people have you have to care protect them from basically from some some company or some organization exploiting their personal data and using it for their own advantage so this bill was is supposed to be brought in for that because it's titled personal data protection bill 2019 which essentially uh, says that uh, they are categorizing now data into sensitive and critical personal data like some some will be like sensitive data which has to be handled differently some is critical data uh, like um Uh, gender sex or sexual preference etc that's critical and sensitive is different so they are now giving the law for how companies and governments and any entity who is processing this data will handle it right so every company you know including news laundry is processing some amount of data one way or another um like even the subscriber data that we get we are processing them we are right. like putting it through whatever now they are saying that if you are doing something like this you have to abide by certain protections and you have to offer the users uh, a right to recall that data as well hmm. that is one good thing in this bill but now the problem is that they're doing this for everyone but there is one clause which just gov- blanket excludes the government for and the they whole can do what the fuck they want to yeah. do so initially they say oh everybody including the government is included then there is clause 91 which says the government will just exclude itself whenever it wants then the other thing that is problematic in this and these are just two things i'm pointing out i'll do a detailed article and a video yes, on this please. later um but the other problematic thing that they're pointing out is that any data aggregator which is basically processing and aggregating data will have to give that data to the government in an anonymized format or whatever format the government wants for better service delivery so earlier it was national security earlier they were like ha ha national security reason you give me data now they are saying for better service delivery every company will have to give them data whenever they ask for it but and that's so messed up because if you for instance have someone like amazon which has such a shit ton of data and the government goes to them and says if you want to operate here you are going to give us all your data because we are going to use it for service delivery or whatever they'll have to give it oh by the way the new york times has started running this series since yesterday it's about all these tech companies and apps have been saying that we don't track location in real time mm. we it's just anonymized and all that mm, so they are doing this story now the series which basically sh- says these are all lies yeah. every single exactly. person if wherever he is whoever is carrying a phone is being tracked yeah so they have these maps where basically they show like you can easily figure out who went into the white house and came out who went into the playman uh, playboy mansion at night and mm. came out and where he went after that and if who went the, into the new york and if the government has all this out. data of all these organizations then yeah this is can... not even government these are like some shady companies mm. which like no, work for the google government can ask for this data at any yeah. given time so yeah, that, that's that's deeply problematic i think sorry betwa you want to say oh, something no, no. on this um yeah i was just going to jump in and say that uh, so i haven't really been covering this but uh there are two things with it right mm. like so i think that the government the government will have to buy this data from the companies they can just take it they can just take it yeah that's what they're saying but it, anyway it has to be anonymized personal data basically what they're saying is that as long as it's anonymized how do how does it matter what data you're giving us but they can triangulate from basically anonymized is, is like yeah, very naam ke vaaste yeah. otherwise you can find out with yeah exactly like they are showing yeah. this yeah okay and what about for um what about for individuals 
So, so individuals have been given, as I said, like right to recall, etc. But then again, if you are, say, for instance, giving data to someone like Amazon while buying a product, and the government has taken that data, and you have recalled that from Amazon, you can't recall that from government because it's Sorry a second-party transaction. Right. So, does the government have to pay, like, uh, for instance, if the government? I don't think they've mentioned that in the bill. I don't think they've mentioned that. Uh, but I will go back to it and check this once uh, if there is an even provision of for it. I, as far as I've read it, I don't think there is a Basically, provision. Basically. The government can command any data. Yes, and they, they will it do wants. it for better service delivery. Ah. That is the <laughs> argument that will ah. come up now. Ah. So that that you is... efficient government. This is the bill that is going to bring it. I see. Um, I mean, that's really dangerous. Linking governance with privacy is ah. like. But say if like if I was a company, right, and the government was trying to take data from me, hmm. um, and because for some reason I thought that this thing was paid. Um, no, it's free. So, like, hmm. what? Like, so, say for government, and the government and the company has to give it. So it's like how uh, they did with WhatsApp, right? For instance, like intermediary liabilities is also one more thing that they are working on. So, for instance, uh, what they've been saying till now is that, say, WhatsApp pe tum dono baat kar rahe ho ek dusre se. So if you're doing anti-national things, then we will take your data. Like WhatsApp so has they, to give the data. So they want to, and they want to break the encryption, which is technically huh. not possible. So they want access to that pipeline, that communication pipeline. Basically, there are a lot of issues related to this, including data it's localization. It's complex. Data yeah. localization is also yes. part of this. Why they don't want data localization here? It, I mean, it, it's to do with security. It's to do with a whole bunch of stuff. But I do think there's another thing where there are no easy answers because I think we are fast entering a post-privacy age. The mm. digital age will be marked by are kind of having to give up privacy to a large extent but to who is the question uh, if if whoever you're giving up privacy to and you under can what report. conditions yeah so I think that's that's an important one but I think this is another argument where having a two position like he, here's one thing where it's not a black and white like for example you know for me a CEA is a black and white it's if you are in favor of it given the context it's clear what here Complete privacy, I don't think is possible in mm. today's day and age. It's it's just not possible. But secondly, to what extent should that be available to others is the question. Um, but yeah, it's I don't think there are easy answers to this. We're one. getting into the surveillance age now. Is what as is what people are yes. saying. No, but there are always ways to regulate it, like the European Union, the European Parliament, European Court did. So they have these. Like if you want to scrub yourself from the internet, yeah, you can do the right that. Right to be forgotten. You yeah, can do GDPR. That, yeah. So sure. they, they now, if you Actually, go to the European websites, they hmm. give you an option. Do you want this data to be yeah, tracked yeah. or not? So you can check out of it. I don't know if the companies are following it. That's a different matter. But at least I you can regulate it. Actually, I would yeah. like to uh, make an appeal to the subscribers here, because we have some extremely smart subscribers, by the way, who are studying these issues yeah. as well. And they also live in countries which has GDPR. So if you can just write Write to me at meghna.newslaundry.com with your views on this bill specifically. And let's have a conversation about this because even I'm struggling to understand all the aspects of it for obvious reasons. Um, and if if subscribers can pitch in, we would love to hear your views. Just write letters to us. And as we have uh, said earlier, we would love to publish your views yeah, on this. We had that really well. good one on, uh, on what was it about? On the, on the, uh, the yeah. liberal, sorry, the left versus... No, students. Yeah, it was on education, correct. Education. Very, very nice one. Yes, Peter? I was just going to say that, uh, so Gopal Sate, he's our tech editor. He's been covering it really, really closely. Oh. So maybe like when you guys, when this comes closer. Yeah, or, we can um, get Gopal. Yeah. Yes, that's a great idea. 
I have this email and after that uh, we shall wind up with some recommendations because uh, Betwa has to go. In fact, she's saying she won't even stay for lunch. But as we are talking, uh, like a good millennial, Raman sir is stuck on his phone. Uh, What's for and, lunch and you're though? Instaing, you're instaing, so you're doing instas. Yo, check out <laughs> Bay. <whatever. laughs> Just the reporters are on the ground. And what they are sending you images. By the way, as we speak, there are more protests coming on. And uh, what are your pictures at, at getting? At Jama Masjid, this situation is really tense. Okay. The police is trying to detain uh, Chandrasekhar Ayyad. Okay. And uh, the Bhim. The Bhim uh, army. Oh, he's, he's there now. He's okay. there. Okay. And uh, people is ready with the tear gas. Oh dear. So this okay. could be another. Thank Major. you for that. I think that's where I'm going to head after this. That's okay, great. So, um, w- one thing is that the, the government is really lucky this is happening in winter. If this was in like Feb, March, spring or even later, there'd be like five times more people out there. I mean, the time mm-hmm. of the year also makes a big difference in how many people There'll land There'll be more up. people out a there. A lot more people out there. A lot no, but the fact that we had a major, major national yeah, level huge. yesterday was... is being followed up like this. I didn't anticipate that. We again we have four protests in Delhi, the one in the evening mm. at India Gate five at four o'clock. o'clock. Five o'clock. Mm. So and this one was major. And mm. I think it'll get bigger because even in Janlokpal, the first place was I mean by those standards because there were fewer circuses in town, uh, was just about five eight hundred people when it started going live. After it, you know, grew to twenty thousand. And how long did the protest last? By the way, Do you, like no, no, we did it in, uh, we did it in three waves. Now the first one was in two thousand and. 9 December hmm. then in 2010 is when was it 10 I'm mixing up in fact I have the article open here I think 2010 was when the second second round hmm. and 11 is when it peaked and then it went till 12 right? it went till 12 so yeah. it was for a year long protest yeah no, Anna like sat Anna sat twice at uh, Ramlila at, mm-hmm. at, at Jantar Mantar, Jantar Mantar sorry, and yeah. then at Ramlila Medan, which was in August I think 14th is when he started but, but do you think as in random aside this protest is leaderless there hmm. is no figurehead like Anna Hazare or Arvind Kejwar or anybody who is leading this so is it possible that this will also last that long without that figurehead but I was just discussing with someone, with you, sir, who was mm-hmm. discussing with it's in office only. I said that, I mean, of course, I, I didn't think it would become this big. I think you have to have mobilized on the ground because I had a friend who went through the protest Beit was talking about. Mm-hmm. And why I asked that's one with Omar is because the people who are organizing that, they are famous for things that are not, a lot of people may be against CA but may not agree with a lot of other stuff that Omar has said, mm-hmm. um, including me. I like the guy, I think he's a really sweet guy and he's very young. And I will say kid, and that is patronizing. A lot of people say, don't call them kids. <laughs> but I'm an uncle, what can I say? But I disagree with some of his utterances. I'm sure it was the made in the, you know, spur of the moment when he's doing his student politics. But I think when you have him at the center of that organization, the turnout is going to be low. Right. Um, I think you have to have people like now Arvind, maybe whatever he is, but at that time when this whole RTMO had kicked off, you know, we had Aruna. Uh, Anna of course came in later he was like the, the symbol but the, the organizers there was uh, Arunaji Nikhil Day uh, there was mm. of course Arvind Manish mm. and there were a lot of people on ground mm. and these people had worked for 10 years in slums so if they went to a slum and said this is happening you know a thousand people like Sundar Nagri mm. even if Arvind goes today and says that I need 10,000 people that entire they'll all come with him because he's worked there for like 10 years before he right. became what he became. Right. Unless you have these people as part of your team. Like if Anna comes and sits today, 
Jack anyone's going to come hmm. you need an arvin to go to each slum he's worked on and say come on hmm. i think this movement is going to throw leadership i think it'll be great if it emerges but and, to and sustain you have to have a you, you have, have to have, have an organization no, I, on the ground it doesn't work without no, I that also anywhere so people were so motivated i mean we had interviewed hmm. there's one lady uh, he, she had come from dwarka and one thing which i had in patriot also the blurb that i am christian my husband is hindu and my daughter is indian i have come here with my daughter mm. from dwarka she had not she just saw it on the social media that we need to go and protest it has to be a strategic end game so, but you are saying it will throw up leadership it will throw yeah sorry betra you are saying so it's really interesting that you brought up omar because i actually had a conversation with him i think just the day before the bill was going to get passed and actually i think he was the one who told me about the protest uh, the next day and i asked him this you know i said that uh, there are very few muslim voices a to sort of saying with arvind kejriwal one of the problems was that a yes he agreed that you know that there was a lot of campaigning happening over social media uh, there is grassroots le- level campaigning but not the kind that you know builds movements mm. um so he he admitted that there was an issue there the other thing though was that until almost about a week ago where you have now politicians speaking there was no one to mm-hmm. come for these uh, thing apart from oac no one really has been um, you know like a grassroots level leader no one really has been saying anything so they didn't have people right so right. that is one of the reasons why people like omar and all have to i mean with with sort of the limitations of not being politicians um, if there are some organizations that have had a history of work on the ground um they you know step in it could kind of take this into a even a bigger zone that is why you need these leftist organizations mm. unions which mm. have worked mm. on the ground for exactly. a long time which yeah, can yeah. mobilize like what happened with the kisan march in kisan mumbai march, yeah. that was yeah. mobilized by the, the leftists yeah. yeah they could bring out like 1 lakh people because they have worked among them worked mm. among them exactly Okay this uh, last email is from Bhavesh Bhatt he says dear news on team I'm a long time subscriber thank you Bhavesh Be- before i read your email bhavesh i just want to thank all the people who contributed to the nl sena project of pratik having gone to telangana the last two stories are up one is stalling amravati cancelling projects curbing media Jag- jagan mohan reddy is on a revenge mission and the second is how k chandrashekhar rao is crushing telangana's anti establishment media pratik could only go and spend a week in these places because many of you contributed and made up whatever 2 lakh 20 or 30 that was required for this entire trip thank you so much for that as you can see four amazing ground reports have come and just so you know not only does prati go then they come to the desk the desk goes through them raman sir goes through them there's a whole sense of due diligence there's a processes that make a report anish does beautiful illustrations, illustrations about with it. them so thank you all who contributed because because of people like you that we can do ground reports do keep contributing to the nlsena project we'll have a few more nlsena projects up soon so now coming back to bhavesh's mail bhavesh says i'm a long time subscriber and never missed a single episode of hafta however i do not write often but this time i wanted to bring this issue i follow social media and i have observed social media influencers online behavior in the last couple of years earlier i think that it is based it was based on the core belief but slowly i realized that ideology has little to do with what they stand they stand on various issues the biggest factor is the conformance to the larger group of people you identify with i'm not sure if it is the nature of the social media platform or just calculated positions but most influencers take a simplistic selective position on very complex issues for example the current situation regarding citizen amendment act many sm influencers have taken selective positions and tweeted retweeted liked posts on particular aspects of the situation abhinandan has grave dislike for police 
so his focus on social media is on police brutality. Jaggi and other prominent right wingers will only focus on vandalism by Muslims in West Bengal. Hmm. Manish will most probably focus on issues related to students, and many more. Then common social media users will go and search for what their favorite influencer's position is, and it will become their position. These are very generic and simplistic examples, but the point I'm trying to make is. few subtle considerations happen while influencers take their positions does it go well to the gallery i play to is it in contrast with the people i'm generally seen against with and not in contradicting my own imaginary tribe is it witty enough to draw attention it is like a war of words without any fruitful results and then he has said few names here who used to be quite fair balanced and logical who have become a participant of the social media war ar jagannathan eranganathan arti tikku and abhinandan sekri Oh God, have I poked the bear now? Please don't swear at me, Manisha. Please step back. <laughs> uh, don't be a participant; be an observer. NL stand has been so far very fair and balanced. I sincerely hope that we do not become another Wire or Swaraj. Miraj is a long-time due diversity addition to the team. Warm welcome to him. Thank you. I appreciate the way Anand Vardhan dissects issues. I can see Manisha going long way ahead, Bhavesh. So Bhavesh, I'll you know let the panel. Tell you what they think. Uh, just to let you know, I actually on social media I'm very unselfconscious. Uh, yeah, I try to be witty, but then that that was the default position of a child who was underweight uh, and very puny in an all boys boarding. And if you win at all boys boarding, it's it's the fucking jungle. So if you can't beat someone up, you have to be able to humiliate them so badly with the tongue lashing they don't fucking pick <laughs> on you again. <laughs> so that is me since I was like eight, and a big boy tried to fucking punch me. I just Said stuff to him that he just started crying, and I said, "Fuck this works." So I don't have to do anything. <laughs> so, uh, so no, uh, I don't have a tribe. I think on various issues, I I have uh, very progressive views on various issues. I find my views regressive as compared to many others. I have been told I'm very sexist by many f- good friends of mine, and I guess I I am. Uh, but no, I'm not trying to. For me, social media is not an important part of my life. It is just a way of to kind of. Push news laundry. Otherwise, I really don't give a fuck about social media. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Anand is his entire. Uh, I'm talking about Ranganathan. His entire relevance is social media. If he gets on Twitter, he's nobody. So I think that's different. People have different reasons. You've clubbed them all into the same. Uh, and Shaw, thank you for your support. I and I don't take it uh, badly. Your critique, Shaw, go ahead. But I don't think I just have to be an observer, not a participant. Fuck that. <laughs> people. <laughs> So sorry, but what what exactly is the question? He's saying that are people just becoming social media people who are influencers, especially the blue tick types? Are they just playing to galleries, hmm. and they don't really believe that? You you are not a journalist, so you can afford to do it. So, <laughs> yeah, which I guess. is fine. <laughs> so, but yes, as I said, I mean maybe the basic trainings. I, I but he's right. I mean the post that I'm forwarding will also reflect my. Mm. you know so opinion in a way but i am trying to push our own stories uh, in fact uh, yesterday there were some pro uh, you know ca uh, we covered that mm. uh, ayush was just asking me ki there is a pro ca rally at cp so should i go for it yeah, i suggest that someone has to let's go see, for let's see what the pro ca rally is so 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 i think uh, we are observing But yes, as an individual, we have opinions. Uh, yeah, and I think it's uh. fair to express it. Also, I think talk about Chetan Bhagat. Now suddenly he's done this thing of being critical of CA yesterday, so he's obviously pissed off the Bhagat lobby. Hmm. So I, I mean, unless and and that's he can afford to do it because he's known for his books, not for being a Bhagat. If you're only known as a panelist, 
then you have to i mean that's your bread that's and your, butter that's your basically but yeah beta sorry go ahead so i'm not sure if there are any rules but i think there is a distinction to be made between influencers and journalists hmm. i think that's a big distinction um between anyone you know if you're there in your private capacity you know i think that you have the freedom to say what you want uh but as a journalist again i don't know if i'm right or wrong but i constantly struggle with that um uh, the other thing is that um i think it's just the nature of social media that it's become a very me 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 culture um and i don't think there's any going back from this culture so i don't know if there's any point complaining about it but uh the 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 uh the desire to have possession over your story and to announce it to the world uh seems to have uh, come with i mean that almost sort of like being an equal measure of of even reporting that story um is is something that i feel has come up uh again i i don't think if it's a bad thing or wrong thing i just think it's it's something that is is here to stay so yeah i feel like the journalist has become a story and the journalist journalists are constantly making themselves the story mm. and i think that i don't know like again i don't know if it's the problem if it's a if it's a problem or it's just the nature of social media you're sitting in an organization whose birth was journalists are the story news laundry was set up to scrutinize the news because and much as i you know respect him and very fond of him i've worked with him uh, i always used to disagree with pranoy saying that we are not the story yes we are also the story you have to be scrutinized so how fair is your reporting what are your conflicts of interest now i'm not saying a journalist has to put insert them and make me like aditya raj call or the arnab school of journalism where this you know stuff themselves into something and position themselves to be pushed and they say oh he pushed me fuck you on the way you should be lucky you weren't kicked in the ass but you know journalists are not gods anything that is scrutinized is a story and journalists will also be scrutinized and must of course because journalism media is an organ of power So if you have power you have to be held accountable if nobody else is doing his journalists themselves have to do it but a couple of points which he has raised about these people who don't really have an ideology which is true because in the last 40 years not just in india everywhere in the world the conversations the narratives have been driven what you would describe as centrist liberals this has been the case everywhere and they don't really have an ideology their only ideology is power you were talking about all these english newspapers siding with the government even at the time of the anna hazare movement now they are siding with the government again and all you have to do is go to all even the big names like pratap banu mehta and the like the decent names you go back read their columns before 2014 come back read here you will figure that out that's yeah. that's it's, the it's also another think, about yeah. the police thing when people are talking about the police and there's this whole media narrative about how the police are the victims in this scenario and they are only there to for law and order which is like i mean if you are saying that you have been sleeping for the last 70 years mm. police is an organ of state it's an it's a tool of power yeah they only do what they are told to do yeah i think you know it's it's also important to understand apart from all these ideological slash issues how social media as a system operates right the apps that you have the algorithms that are there they are making you addicted to it and the only way they will make it make you addicted to it and make you stay on the platform and show you more ads is by showing you the shit show that you just described hmm. anand ranganathan creates a shit show gets reactions for it and that is why people stay on twitter Yeah. Chetan Bhagat does the same thing that's why people stay on Twitter same with Facebook same with everything i think people get too much into how people are behaving and whether they have an ideology but 
but they don't give enough credit to Facebook or social media companies themselves on creating, creating this. Water. Yeah, true. Because um, as a personal, like from a personal perspective, do I have an ideology? I genuinely don't know. I'm I'm very confused about it. I feel like I'm a liberal. I feel like sometimes I go with some centrist arguments. I go the left way, whatever. But in my head, I keep trying to figure out what is my ideology. Yeah, but I also think, and I've, we've discussed this earlier. I mean, I do believe in the post-ideological age as far as it comes to economic ideology. You can be progressive or conservative. I think now those labels are just on just your basic human values. Pointless. Not no, they're not pointless. I think they do or should define your human values because on economic issues i can you know today also i'd join a march against the world bank although it's not as relevant today as it was like 10 years ago where the world bank was extremely powerful the washington consensus was not a figment of a left imagination they could push privatization in countries and they have done in south america they did that in india in different ways against water you i don't believe you can privatize water but would I join a protest saying, how dare you privatize, you know, Spectrum or Telecom? The thing is, political parties take positions ki water privatization is as bad as, you know, privatizing te the, the, the telecom industry, privatizing the auto. Or should railways be privatized or should carriage be privatized? It's a complex argument. I don't think their left-right is gone. But on, I think it's a basic human values thing now. now also... In, in a sense what you're saying so these movements that are rising up in Western Europe in US right now behind Bernie Sanders and the rest of the people one argument is this let's not get stuck into okay this has to be privatized this has not let's talk about ownership ownership of your resources who has the ownership right. who benefits from it so those are the like in a sense a post ideological but not so much because it all goes back to the like Marxist and socialist traditions. So it's rooted in that. Yeah, it's rooted in that, but yeah. Yeah, but it's all to There are new ways of thinking about this. How, how does the regulation work? For example, there was, are you for regulation or against regulation? Yeah, that's now, a... The liberty, that's how, you, you can't be against regulation. Ki, bhai, chalo, regulation hata do. Now these libertarians, you ask them, so there should be no food and drug administration. I mean, of course, you have to have regulators. Yeah. What is the regulation? Those conversations, we were steeped in left and right, and I think it's ironic that the country that pushed the, you know, open trade ideology all across the world today is winning elections by protectionist attitude. Hmm. And that's what the left was saying. Today, the left can win that we were the 90s or 2000s, that pushing your open trade will cost us. That time, they said, no, it's good for you. But now when it all, your jobs vanished, now it's not good anymore. Not. So but I, the backlash is happening across the world, like the South American protests. Yeah, Beirut, so I don't Turkey, think on economics, left, right today makes, to me, doesn't make sense. But it, even on political spectrum, I don't think it makes sense anymore. Because it's also a, a thing, a political tool. It's also a discourse tool that is being used to bucket people into one particular ideal. Like the Librandu logo, whatever that term is fucked up term bhakt or whatever when you club someone as a bhakt or a librando or whatever you're immediately assigning certain qualities to them which mm. you think is a homogeneous mass of people who everybody believes the same thing what social media is doing is it's reinforcing that whole thing that yes this group does think like that and that, that is where that is their ideology but it's not true it is not. And so it's, I think it's very important for everyone to point out, especially on social media, that I do not have an ideology. No, I, I, I have a cousin. Do not bucket me. I have a cousin who, who likes Modi for some reasons. 
but uh, he has about 15 odd employees all muslims hmm. no, <laughs> so so how to define him if i call him a bakht but and he has a very good relationship with those and 15 guys and minded not even one hindu all 15 muslims my family suddenly doesn't like the ca by the way my my bhakt family is suddenly like ye galat ho raha hai and i'm very shocked i'm like abhi tak to tum modi ko defend kar rahe the ab kya ho gaya and they're like nee but you know yes, i've been thinking on different different things yeah. i think the one problem with the indian discourse about left and right is we mindlessly use terms borrowed from the west like right wing in india right wing doesn't mean Does anything exist, that's a, yeah. what you The, what you call right wing is basically the equivalent of white supremacist mm. in the US. Right. So sure, yeah, yeah that's, those, that's that terminal like she was saying language matters how you define these things. We we'll <laughs> give Betra the last word. <laughs> so I know I completely agree that I think it's problematic to have labels because um I think you asked me that question where you know when we'd invited Rahul Pandit and I said that you know who may have a differing point of view from us and you said what's us who's us. Yeah. And I didn't want to use the term liberal right but I felt like cornered not like physically cornered but you know like you're right you're right to ask me that question and it's hard for me to articulate i just know that it's a differing opinion but yeah uh, but also yeah but sorry rahul uniquely i mean rahul is a unique case and that's his view on the naxal issue is very in line with what we call the liberal hmm. right left of center view but on kashmir it is on the, the right, other side yeah. so while there is no uniform bhakt but not everybody is nuanced either there are some bhakts yeah that's again whether like even if you want to you can't be away from your own story like rahul pandita his community he himself has like suffered so much yeah. so he can't sort of pull himself away from that story uh, for, for the subscriber i i would like to give one tip social media tip yeah. what is what, what i think is very important for you to notice and please keep this as a filter everyone that whenever someone tweets just spot these labels if they are using a label they do not have an ideology okay yes so, so i just wanted to be, i i don't i don't think it's fair to say that you know because rahul pandita has has gone through and his family has gone through whatever they have uh, that necessarily informs what kind of journalism he does on kashmir it might hmm. but we can't assume it does sure. no, right? no no i i meant that you can't pull him hmm. out of that story hmm. he is part of that story whether it informs his journalistic output or not is a different matter but he is part of that story he is part hmm. of that narrative hmm. sure. because it happened to him personally he was part of that story that's all i'm saying So um now we'll have our recommendations people please keep your recommendations ready while we have everyone's recommendations i will just urge you all to subscribe to news laundry and pay to keep news free wherever you're listening to this podcast whether it's on stitcher on soundcloud on itunes do give us a review or a comment and if you're on itunes you can give us five stars we appreciate that then we give up, become more discoverable to others and then others can subscribe and i can guilt them into subscribing and paying to keep news free if you have any feedback and you want to share your opinions like our subscribers often do write to us at contact@newslaundry.com i repeat contact@newslaundry.com in the subject line please write hafta if you have any general chutia ka gandu type comments to leave you can leave them on our twitter timeline i shall lovingly look at them and i might even respond with a cuss or two of my own <laughs> but no promises there So, what are the recommendations, sir? Why don't you start? Uh, well, I'll plug all our all our coverage on NRC and CA. Okay. We have done some wonderful stories from uh, Aligarh Muslim University, Jamia. There are many more uh, in the pipeline. So, just uh, keep looking at us, our stories. Okay. 
so um, one is uh, so the article that Harish Khare did for The Wire, uh, which is you know how this. Um, so I, when this happened, I also thought about, you know, the Congress was finally speaking up. And one of the things that Omar and I had talked about was that, uh, you know, with everything that had happened before this, there was no political momentum to it. So I think one thing that m makes a difference is that there is at least some political momentum to it. Um, so Harish Khare's article talks about, um, you know, whether this is an opportunity for um, the for um, some in the Congress uh, party, the old guard, to plug Rahul back again because he has been vocal on this issue. Um, and then he goes on to sort of talk about how complicated that is and whether that's the right choice. Um, so I think, A, because, you know, it speaks to... Um, the fact that the, there is a, a political momentum to the CAA movement after a long time, uh, that's relevant. And also, again, but when it comes down to the personal choice of uh, Rahul Gandhi, again, uh, at the helm of things, it's complicated. Mm. So that was one. And then the second one was, actually, I haven't finished this, but I just started reading it. It's, about, it's by this woman called Genevieve Gantha. It's about... Um, I think it's a Scientific America blog. It's about what climate change tells us about being human um, and, you know, why this huge thing is happening around us and we're not being able to process it, react to it, deal with it, or even be interested in it. And she says, like, the opening is really interesting because she talks about, you know, there have been three huge blows to the self-esteem of human beings. One is when Copernicus said, you know, well, he's not the center of the universe and the second is when um, the, the theory of evolution and the third has been climate change uh, oh, that's interesting that's mm. very cool right okay. uh, relativity. no I think because well I don't know yeah but, you're but, right but no I think like which transformational is ideas yeah. sort of she's saying that we had to confront the fact that we are not in charge of things right like with uh, Copernicus we're not the center mm, of the yeah. universe with um uh, evolution, with we evolution, have, yeah. There, there's a certain, Fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I and guess the, the thesis is talking about that it's not our doing. Is that no, no? So what she's trying to say is that that's why we're having such a difficult time grappling with this right. because we are so, you know, it's so embedded in our psyche that somehow we are the bosses and we are really not, oh. right? Okay. Interesting. Uh, that's nice. Interesting. Yeah. And what's your third? And the third was this uh, show on Netflix. Um, so basically, they've done uh, World War Two in color. Ah, yeah. I and saw that. And it is freaking it's awesome. Very nice. Like, oh, so what does that mean? World so War II in color. So they've like taken some of the main battles of the Second World War. Uh, like so, for instance, Stalingrad, Battle mm. of Britain, uh, Battle of Midway, uh, which I still struggle to understand. But yeah, it's there. And so some of the the big moments, like the D-Day. And I don't know how they've done this, but so all the footage black and is white in color. footage turned into color. That's yeah. all. That's all. The Mughal Azam has also done that. Yeah. No, it, this is so like. <laughs> but you're seeing like live action, like uh, fighting between like I don't know what the spit. Between Salim the and Shah. No, I was going to say the RAF and the Luftwaffe. Yeah. I don't know. Is that how you pronounce Luftwaffe, it? Huh? Luftwaffe. Uh, yeah. So it's it's very exciting. Okay, fine. So, hmm. yeah. so we have uh, Kalpana Sharma ji's piece. Uh, it explains mm -hmm. how the media covered the whole protest thing and why does it cover the way it does. So the headline is, what if India's media believed the disempowered as much as it does those in power? Mm. So that's one. And the second thing, if you want to understand, I'm sure you, most of you have read this book, but if still, it's worth reading again. If you want to understand how 
the police does what it does why the bureaucracy does what it does why there's no dissent why is every politician from north to south to everywhere falling behind modi and amit shah the best book to read about this is penalty of evil by hannah arendt so if you i'm sure most of you have read it if you haven't read it again it's worth the time hmm. um i have uh, two recommendations first is i'm reading permanent record by edward snowden and i think it's a wonderful autobiography it is an autobiography and it's about how he reached that point where he had to make a decision about whether he should stand with the public or stand with the government which made him reveal all the hmm. secrets that the government was trying to hide and what led up to that movement and he starts off with i mean just to give you like a idea of why this is important is how his childhood shaped him about how his dad who was uh, in in an army officer came home with a computer one day and the games he played then and it's such a nostalgic thing because now you realize that he has grown up just like us right like with like the same sort of applications that we are using now with the same sort of ms dos and all that so it's a very nostalgic thing but then you realize why he has taken these decisions that he has taken it's very wonderfully done the second is i think you should read shoaib daniel's piece on why the nrc all india nrc is already happening the process is already started it's in scroll um uh, uh, and this is actually uh, something that made sense to me because i've done two pieces for news laundry on um on the ca issue first is explaining what the ca is and the second is a connect between ca and nrc and i feel shoaib daniel is sort of completing that logical loop in my head where i was trying to figure out the process and now he's telling me that it's already started so it's, it's quite very, logical it's a very very interesting piece yeah. and uh, another thing i mean ndtv yesterday they calculated the cost of yeah uh, nrc yeah. which is actually yeah um one is the latest episode of planet money when reagan broke the unions i wasn't planned to recommend it but you know when you mentioned about unions and their importance in in building it's a very interesting um podcast on how this one particular strike you know w- had a huge domino effect on how by unions the air traffic controls yes by the air yeah. traffic controls so this is one the others is how economics excludes black women this is the indicator podcast Uh, again it's interesting and since you're talking about my views on that i mean of course it's not to do with lose but how the exclusion kind of compromises that that subject or that that thesis uh, and economics is famous for being um, dominated by men in fact there've several podcasts on this and uh, the other one that i wanted to do was i want everyone to watch you know read pierce morgan's piece on uh, i forget what it's called the link is below like is a link to all the recommendations but to see the links you have to come to the news laundry website because it's not on youtube and stuff all the links to the recommendations are on the news laundry website uh, that article which diagnoses how boris johnson's win uh, is a wake up call for liberals the world over and how you can't ignore religious these things and shekhar gupta has also in my view made the same mistake in the cut the clutter where he said that boris johnson's victory 
should tell us that one has to meet halfway type of that logic i think it's the completely wrong diagnosis if it had been corbin had been someone else today i think in the digital age where everybody is always on twitter facebook and television your leader is the single most important determinant and i think even someone like arvind kejriwal who till 7 years ago he said decentralized decentralized and the servants photographers on every poster no one's going to vote for up mm-hmm. just be clear about that delhi ke ads shuru ho gaye radio radio pe aaiye 20 second ko i think bjp kuch kar raha hai ramleela maidan pe modi ji ka aabhar prakat kijiye modi ladra raha hai kya delhi ke chunav <laughs> anywhere in the world it is who is your leader what he has he or she has said what she or he has you know in the past stood for not stood for how much bluster he or she can that is the single biggest determinant all this these little over analyzing stuff don't work i think i'd like to add one point to that so corbin as such wasn't the problem to begin with if you remember it was the basically the same kind of policies same kind of leader in 2017 when he basically almost won with the greatest uh, margin of votes or whatever like he, he got more votes than even tony blair so what happened is since then in these two years there's been a relentless media campaign against him and people have written about it even by the bbc which is a hmm. supposedly a public broadcast really really horrible and that obviously has dented his image and like everybody the people who i suppose uh, are better informed they say ki this was only even the people who went to the doorsteps to campaign all the talk was about brexit 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 and labor lost the seats they have held since the world war and these are all leave seats which voted leave in the election right. and because these people went for the second referendum and those yeah, people yeah. felt abandoned so that was part of it so on the note thank you panel thank you betwa pleasure having you here thank you this was a lot of fun more power to your reporting hope you do lots of ground reports oh and before us. i sorry before i say thank you and this whole thing about being a repudiation of liberals it was the liberals who were driving the narrative against corbyn and labor by the way right the center and they all in lost in fact he got the biggest i mean also the fact that he did not completely outright um dis, uh, well not dismiss but he did not have a proper response to the, his anti-semitic history that was put yeah, out the yeah, remarks yeah that that played a role and in europe yeah. you can't do that yeah you can't brush that aside on that note we leave you with this song this goes out to all the people who are wondering uh, what do we do when something like the ca is going to be passed <laughs> think about this one laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please